But with your metrics, it's about relevance. So you can um, report on, there are so many metrics with marketing, as we all know. You can get as granular as you like. But if you're, if you're going to be presenting to the board, to the CEO, Sierra, whoever it is, make sure that the data that you're presenting is relevant to them and they're interested. And usually what that comes back down to is the bottom line and ROI. And really connecting all of your marketing metrics back to ROI. The B2B Marketing Exchange brings together B2B marketing and sales practitioners from across the country to get the latest tools and tips they need to succeed. Now, we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. I'm Claudia Tarico, And I'm Kelly Lindenow. And this is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hey there, everyone. We're back with another episode of the B2B MX Podcast. And that means another action-packed replay from our B2B Sales and Marketing Exchange. This week, we'll hear from our friend Narosha Mithananda, who is an absolute rock star in the B2B industry. Narosha's track record includes VP of marketing roles at two really big B2B players in the game, the person-based advertising company Influ2 and the leading intent data provider Bombora. So I am sure you've all heard of both of those. And now Narosha is actually off doing her own thing with the launch of her very own B2B marketing consultancy, Sati Marketing. And she actually took the B2B SMX stage to deliver a session titled, How to Scale Your B2B Marketing Program for Company Growth. Throughout the session, she'll walk you through the nitty gritty of setting up and evolving your marketing through various stages of business growth. Yeah, this was a really great and super informative session that highlights how the ability to be agile, pivot, and scale marketing with business growth, all while doing, quote unquote, more with less, is absolutely critical these days. She even comes to the rescue with advice for building a marketing strategy that aligns to company growth, dissecting the anatomy of an early, mid, and late stage marketing team, understanding where to start with and scale your tech stack, and reporting the value of marketing. So all really, really good stuff here. So let's pass things over to Narosha in three, two, one. Hi, I'm Narosha. Uh, I am the chief marketing maven at Sati Marketing. I'm the only one at Sati Marketing, so I got to call myself whatever I like. Um, but I've held uh, VP uh, roles at a number of different MarTech uh, uh, vendors. Um, over the past couple of years. So that's, that's a little bit about me. Um, what we're going to get into, and I don't have to look up there because it's down there. Um, so really this session is to just to share a bit of my experience in uh, what I've done in terms of uh, leading marketing and having to build marketing functions. So we're gonna go through strategy, building your marketing team, building a tech stack, and then measuring for success. I have a bit of content, so I'm going to really try and rip through it because I know it's the last session and everyone's like probably overloaded uh, and wants to get to a drink. Um, and also I wanna make sure I give you what you need. So I'm gonna hold questions till the end if that's okay. Um, so make sure you, you do ask them. If we don't get time for them, I will be hanging around and you can definitely ask me. So strategy, something that, uh, and I see a couple of familiar faces from the workshop yesterday, so excuse me, I've, uh, you know, re repurpose some of the, the content. Anyway, why do you need strategy? Strategy makes the business, <laughs> business go around and helps your deals drop. So I'm a 90s hip hop fan, and that's where that comes from. But I think um, strategy is like one of the most important things that you need to think about from a marketing perspective. For me, um, 
what it forces you to do is really uh, align and look across the business and deep dive and understand what the needs are. So from that, you have to align with sales, you have to align with CS, you have to align with product and understand what, what they need. From, you know, from that alignment and from that research comes agreement. So agreeing with them around what, what you need to do, what your, your program is, um, and then from the, that agreement comes accountability. So making sure that everyone's on the same page. I had a gentleman yesterday um, in the workshop say that what he does is on his strategy, he actually gets uh, the key stakeholders to sign it like it's a contract. I love that idea uh, because it adds some weight to it from that perspective. Um, so I'm going to go into the anatomy of a strategy. I'm sure a lot of people have done a strategy, so hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm repeating things, but I think it always just helps to look at some of the key elements of what you need to do. So I've broken it up into, you know, what I've heard, what I'm going to do, and then uh, what you're going to do for me. Uh, so executive summary. If nothing else, you know, a lot of people don't like to read lo long strategies. Um, make sure you have the what, why, and how much on this slide so that if the CEO, the board, the CRO needs to go through and look at one page, they get a snapshot of exactly what they need. From there, we go into a, a SWOT, so strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. This is, I've sort of lumped it all together, but it's really um, a bringing together of the qualitative and quantitative uh, research that you're doing around what the organization is. So this may look like your executive and key stakeholder interviews, your market analysis, your competitor analysis, uh, the target audience seg uh, assessment and segmentation, if they have that, um, an audit, and an audit of your content, assets, operations, systems, so on and so forth. So really all of the information that you need to make an assessment of where marketing is at in, in the organization and then where it needs to go. So distilling that into a purpose of what your marketing function as a whole is going to do and the objectives as a marketing function as a whole is going to achieve. Um, from there, you go into the meat of what your strategy is. It's really about the programs, how you're going to achieve your goals. So what I typically like to do is I like to break this into each of the functions, and then I basically set it out like for whatever the, the year is, if it's uh, you know, Q1, 2, 3, et cetera. Um, I have an objective for each of the functions. So say, for example, product marketing. Product marketing will have an objective that ties up into the main marketing objective, and then the key responsibilities for product marketing. And I break them out as projects, and then BAU, which is business as usual, just in case that's not an acronym that everyone's familiar with. Um, but what, what that essentially looks at, it looks at a plan of what is going to happen over the year, and then how you can trans, and that can be translated back to the team, and they can build out their plan from there. The other part of this is measuring success. So knowing how you're going to show ROI, and I would map it as much as you can back to the programs as well. So doing a current assessment of, of the metrics if they're available, um, and then listing out like the overall metrics and then by, by each function from that perspective. Then you move into what you're going to do. So, or what, sorry, what you're going to do for me. The investment, 
um, understanding what your resources are, what budget you need, um, and, and how you're going to essentially achieve your goals. So this is what you're asking for. Usually I include like an overarching summary. So, you know, by line, what the total is, and then I'll do a more detailed spreadsheet of what actually each of the functions are and what they need so that finance can look at that um, and go through that if they need, if needs be. But just for the strategy, I put in a summary. Then for any new investment that I, I'm requesting, so you know, if it's headcount, if it's uh, tools, uh, whatever it is, I usually put a business case in. So if it's headcount, I kind of look and, and see, okay, well, what, what's the market value? What might this look like? So I have some justification for that. The, if it's a, a tool, if you are working with a, with a rep from, a, you know, whatever the tool is, uh, so for example, at my previous company, we'll, we needed to uh, purchase HubSpot. I was working with a HubSpot rep and I just said, hey, I'm doing this strategy, I want to apply for funding, can you please pull together a business case that I can include? And they will help you, you know, if they're generally, they'll, they'll be very supportive of, you, of your investments, so they'll help you any way that you can. Finally, the next steps. I know this sounds, this sounds kind of simple, but it's actually, it's really important because that is the agreement in terms of, okay, is the budget enough? Do we need to cut back? What are we going to do next and what are the commitments? And really agreeing to them, that is a key part, and documenting them, that is a really key part of what you need to, of what you, you need to make up as a part of your, your strategy. So, oh, and I'm, I apologize as, as uh, the formatting has uh, kind of stuffed up, but it's all right, we'll, we'll get it right for the, what we send out. Um, we're gonna move on to building your marketing team. So here, you really need to match the team to your business needs, not to a generic playbook. And I've seen a lot of marketing leaders come in, and they come in sort of like a bull in a china shop, and they'll you know, rip people out, rip systems out, and put their own things in. And in my opinion, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily work without knowing what you're coming into. If you're bringing a playbook in from somewhere else, each business is unique you need to understand what they need from that perspective. And what I mean what they need is, where are they at from a maturity perspective? You can have a 100-person business, they might not have their sales force and their database together. They might not um, know what their performance metrics are. So that's what I'm meaning from a maturity perspective. From the size, I mean the size of the different teams, so the marketing team, the size of the sales team, and how you balance that out in terms of what, what their needs are. And then growth, What's the, what is the opportunity for growth, what have they projected, and so on and so forth. So really building your team around, uh, around the business versus, I don't know, bringing in some generic playbook. So a couple of things to keep in mind, and look, this is my perspective, nothing is set in stone. Please take what's valuable and leave the rest behind. But these are, these are some of my rules that I sort of apply. So for me, marketing is content. When I hire uh, people into the team, unless they're marketing ops, I sort of give them, give them a pass, everyone in that team has to be able to create content. They have to be able to communicate because that for me is a fundamental of what is required from a marketing perspective. And I don't mean you, have to you can design slides, but you have to be able to write and create content. It's just a must. There's no shame in outsourcing. When you have to stand up a lot, especially when you're in a 20-person organization or you're in an organization where the marketing function is, is in its infancy, 
being able to leverage other agencies and third parties, or whether it's freelancers, agencies, la la la, um, to keep your plate singing or set up the, the functions, it's really cost effective to get someone who already knows and has, has that information to be able to help you set it up and scale it. Um, and I'm, look, I'm a proud generalist. Um, <laughs> that, that's sort of a skill that I think has died a little bit over the years. Um, but what, a what that means to be a generalist is I go across a number of different areas. So a generalist will, gen will know how to find efficiencies and fill roles from that perspective. So just keep that in mind when, when you're going through that, that. That's the perspective I come from. But you know, talking about your marketing, building your marketing team, it really, you know, if you're the first hire, it depends on what your skills are and what your capability and capacity is to really determine the composition of your team. So an early stage team of 20 people, um, it's really, this is really about building your foundational functions. For me, that's brand, ops, demand, and product. Um, and I've, uh, I'm running short of time, so I'm, I'm, going, I'm not going to go through everything, but I think you, you, know, you can look at the slides. But where, what I do want to talk about you know, is the prioritization. So this might be a little bit controversial, um, but where I would put my priorities are first, marketing ops, second, product, third, brand, and fourth, demand. And mind you, that's coming from a generalist perspective. And the reason that I've done that is because, you know, if I was, when I'm approaching this, I need my ops set up, I need my data, I need my system set up to be able to, to push stuff out, that, that's a must. From a product perspective, you need someone to be able to understand, okay, well, what, what are we taking to market? What, how are we going to market? So on and so forth. And then you need brand to, to be able to go in and build the trust in market. Because if you don't have those three things, your demand is not going to, is not going to be successful in my opinion. What I've also done is said where you can outsource some of these things. So for example, with marketing ops, I was with a company called Bombora. When I went there, uh, I was the 20th hire there. And um, you know, the sale, it was a small organization. Salesforce was there, but it was um, not being used. So that fell on marketing. I am not a Salesforce administrator. I have no idea. You know, I, I still don't know a lot, you know, a lot of what sales or how Salesforce gets used. But you, what we did was we outsourced that to be able to build up that function and to be able to scale and help us um, develop it. So that's what I'm talking about there. Moving on to a mid-stage team of 100 people. This is really about adding value and growth. You know, from, from a brand perspective, you should have, have, an, you should have had um, the brand established, but it's really about increasing your content generation and channels for promotion. From an ops perspective, it's uh, being more focused on administration and uh, your established channels and extracting your metrics. And from a demand perspective, it's really about focused efforts split by your audience segments, which by that stage, you hopefully have. Um, and with product, it's driving value uh, through supporting sales and customers. And again, there's a legend here. So I've highlighted in red what I would prioritize, the roles that I'd you know, prioritize in terms of getting the most value and bang for your buck. And then the roles in the, the Navy, uh, what I would, you know, you could potentially outsource. So, you know, from a brand perspective, a multimedia designer, that's something that, uh, you know, I would honestly, if you could from the outset, hire a multimedia designer, that's always good or outsource that. Um, but you'll probably, that'll get your content rolling. 
from an ops perspective, getting a marketing analyst to be able to understand what the data is, what the metrics are, and be able to take you know, those insights and um, apply them through your programs, super important, super valuable. From a demand perspective, your SDRs, and I know there's always an argument, should SDRs sit in marketing or sales? My opinion is they should sit in marketing um, <laughs> and events because uh, you know, that's where you're going to get your more immediate value and growth from. Um, and then product, customer marketing. I, I think customer market or customer success, customer marketing is enjoying a renaissance, and I'm very glad for that. It's super valuable because for me, it's not only about product and retention, it's about driving demand because the content that they, they create and the relationships that they build can come back to, to uh, feed your demand. Um, and then obviously sales and CS enablement as well. So things that I'd outsource, content creation, public relations, uh, your platforms management, anything to do with your website from an administration perspective, perhaps your ABX segment marketing uh, from that perspective, and analyst relations if that's something that you want to do. Okay, so a later stage team, you know, which, is, which takes us to 200, it's really about optimization, efficiency, and scale. Um, so from a brand perspective, it's about maintaining you know, a cohesive identity internally and externally, um, which is very difficult uh, in my experience of what I found at whatever size organization you're at. Uh, RevOps, it's about keeping your systems clean and aligned across functions, because at that stage, you probably have a number of different uh, platforms and tools, and they should probably be talking to one another and sharing data. Um, from a demand perspective, it's really about fine-tuning programs throughout the funnel and making the most of that full funnel experience. And then from a product perspective, it's focused efforts across your customer specializations. So, you know, where I would, where I would put my money is on a head of content from an editorial perspective to be able to make sure that your voice is clear out in market. Um, from a RevOps perspective, it's really about insights and cross-functional analysts and admins. So making sure all those systems are talking to one another and you're getting the most out of them. Uh, from a demand perspective, it's about life cycle and retention um, to be able to, as I said, make, take advantage of the full funnel and then field marketing to be able to really focus in and specialize. And then from a product perspective, looking at industry or regional specialists. And what I mean by regional is if you, say, start in the US and you decide to go to, I don't know, Australia, then you have someone in Australia who knows what that market is like. OK, so build a stack, you know, building a stack to match. This is, my, this is my question all the time when I look at tech. If it's not in some way making your life easier, then what is the point? So if you, have, if you buy a piece of technology, it's not making your life easier, you're not getting any utility from it in an easy way, it's probably not helping you, depending on what it is. So I look at, okay, well, what is the need for it across the organization? Does it have multiple applications across not just marketing, but perhaps sales, perhaps CS, whatever it is? What are the resources that you have to be able to implement it and administrate it? Um, you know, I, just as a quick, Soliloquy, when I joined Bombora, they had a subscription to Terminus. And it was costing, you know, X amount per month. And there were some ads, but there was no database, there was no content. And I was like, okay, cool, we're just sitting here wasting money because we're not making the most of this platform. So you need to think about like the resource from that perspective. Um, the other part of this is scale. 
you know, look at the product and think about what their roadmap has looked like, what their uh, advancements are going to be. Because if you're going to have to like evaluate a product, which generally takes at least a month, I'd say, unless you like, you know, the product you love it and you, you know, within a week you're, you're sold. You know, if you if you're putting that investment in, and then in another year's time you're going to have to reassess it, that's inefficient. So those are some of the things to think about. Uh, I love the stackies. I love looking at like, you know, everyone who puts their stacks together. I think it's really cool. This was one from Philips that I pulled out, and I've got the reference on the next page. They've got, you know, Conversion Avenue, Event Arena, etc., which you know is, is super cool in all all their platforms. But like, I guess my question is, you know, it looks really good, but do you really need it? There are, uh, if, you, if everyone's familiar with Scott Brinker's Martech landscape, I don't even know how many tools that they have on that at the moment. But I guess it's looking at, okay, well, what is the purpose? And what is it that you need for the stage you're at? So what I've done is I've broken, you know, I've broken down uh, it by function, early, mid, and late stage of what you would need. So if, if from a brand perspective, for example, it's really being about being able to quickly and easily create, categorize, and distribute content. Um, so I've just put things like Google Docs, Microsoft Office, my, my, one of my favorite tools, if any, a couple of you worked with me in here, you know, my, PowerPoint is my favorite, one of my favorite tools. Um, from a brand perspective, if you haven't used Snagit, it's amazing. Um, you know, it, it's, it's like a, a poor man's version of uh, uh, Photoshop, but it does the job. Um, but from a mid-stage perspective, it's really about specialized content creation and distribution tools. So, you know, if you think back to, to what I'd outline from the team perspective, it's for example, if you have a, P, you know, a PR function, you might want to look at like a newswire for distribution. If you have a multimedia producer, you might need to look at like Final Cut Pro, etc. And then from a late stage, it's really about getting your hubs for updating and housing your communication of your content. Um, and that's where like an Uber Flip or a Hushly, when you have that volume of content to be able to orchestrate would be fantastic. From a RevOps perspective, it's about sourcing, streamlining, categorizing, and cleaning your data. So this is where you might make a more significant investment in terms of your Salesforce, Zoom Info, so you start with a good foundation. Uh, from that perspective. If you look at mid-stage, it's about connecting between uh, your systems to run holistic programs and make sure you're capturing data accurately, so like your Zapiers and things like that. And then in late stage, and this, this melds with demand, it's really about, like at that stage, you're probably looking at a consolidation of your tools to really find efficiencies, consistencies, um, and deliver to the maturity of what the business is. And again, this depends on what your size is. And the other thing I've said here is that all encompassing tools that you know, are more dedicated, they're a bit more sophisticated and mature, um, are probably going to be more valuable here. So I'm thinking like Oracle Marketing Cloud from that perspective. Uh, from a demand perspective, early stage is about being reliable, uh, sorry, reliable and scalable systems for data capture, promotional comms, um, and then automation for assistancy. So think about workflows. Again, here you might make more of an investment so that you have a long-term, you have long-term growth. Um, so like a HubSpot, look, uh, and I've put MailChimp on here, but I love MailChimp. I think it's super easy to use and 
you know, that's, that, I think that's, depending on what stage of maturity you're at, could be great for you. Um, from a mid-stage, it's really about specialised add-on tools and uh, to accelerate the program performance and capt you know, capture metrics, easily capture your cross-functional insights. So I am biased here. I put Bombora down there because I think intent data is you know, very powerful when you, know, when, you when you can use it, but I think you also need to have the bones of what you, uh, your program in place for it to be able to make a difference to what you need. From a product perspective, it's about really quickly and easily categorizing, distributing, and housing content for, from an early stage. And then from mid to late stage, it's about connecting you uh, to the systems used by sales and CS um, for community engagement uh, from that perspective. So looking at like Catalyst, Crossbeam, et cetera, and I should, you know, that, that's really about getting that data and being able to feed it. The other thing is it depends on what the function of your product marketing is. If you're doing research and things like that, you might want to look at a user research tool or as such. Um, moving right along. So metrics, it's really about marketing your marketing. Uh, and what, I, you know, what I've come to ki I kind of understand uh, over the, during the course of this year really is Thinking like a CRO, so I have a bit of a bias here. Um, you know, I do think that marketing is either going to have to report to a CRO, I think the C CMO role will uh, feed up into the CRO, uh, or sorry, transform into the CRO role. So that's why I'm a, a little bit biased from that perspective. But with your metrics, it's about relevance. So you can um, report on, there are so many metrics with marketing, as we all know. You can get as granular as you like. But if you're, if you're going to be presenting to the board, to the CEO, CRO, whoever it is, make sure that the data that you're presenting is relevant to them and they're interested. And usually what that comes back down to is the bottom line and ROI. And really connecting all of your marketing metrics back to ROI. Um, the other thing is repetition. So, you know, um, I think you need to share and share and share and share to let it sink in about what, what the value of marketing is. Don't just share it with the exec level, make sure you share it across the team so people know what you're, what you're doing. So, um, as I said, it's always about the bottom line and you know, we, what the question the business asks us, how are we driving reoccurring revenue and growth? And on the left is how a CMO proves this, and on the right is how a CRO calculates this. And on the left, I have to say, I've taken, you know, these are not necessarily mine, but I, I will say there's a resource that I'll, um, I'll share with you. It's from Leslie Law of Avanti. This is a program she's collect, created. But essentially, it's about marketing contribution. And I love that word, contribution. She doesn't use source, she doesn't use influence. I think words are so important in creating perception. And using that marketing contribution is very powerful. So it's marketing contribution to new bookings. I'm not going to read what's under it because I'm running out of time. Um, and then marketing contributions to renewals. When you look at what a CRO, how a CRO will answer this question, they look at the lifetime value to CAC ratio. And the reason they do that is so that they can establish the unit economics to understand investment, capability, or the ability to get investment. That's really what it is. And then when you look at like all of the factors that go into calculating that, it's the CAC, it's a gross margin per customer, the lifetime value, gross margin payback, and churn rate. So my question is, okay, how does, how does marketing establish its payback period? 
Um, so what I did was I just, you know, and this is a little bit of, of me as I'm creating this content mapping and thinking to myself, you know, I did a mapping of all of the different uh, things that a CMO would report on. And a lot of them report, you know, as you can see, map back to gross margin per customer, churn rate or lifetime value. And for me, this, the customer acquisition cost was, was missing. But what I, I added is a metric called MCAC or marketing CAC. Like basically the value of marketing to the investment. So looking at that, at, at what that would be for, for marketing itself. So what's, sorry, it's marketing contribution to marketing CAC. So how, what's the, the cost of acquisition and what's the contribution and what's that ratio to determine, okay, how is our marketing team contributing to the bottom line? And where is the investment? Are we doing well? Are we not? And look, I haven't seen, I haven't done, seen this done. And if anyone in the audience is doing it, I'd be really keen to, to hear it. But I think it's food for thought in being able to sort of match from that CR, to, back to that CRO perspective. Okay, so some parting thoughts. For me, data is marketing oil. Things are only going to get more and more scientific and automated, and if you don't have a great data source, a clean data source, it's going to have a compounding impact across your programs. It doesn't matter what tool you, you, uh, you know, get on board, if your data is, is dirty, it will impact everything across that tool. Um, controversial point of view maybe, ops before demand. If you haven't got ops and process in place, you're going to struggle to drive an efficient and successful demand function. AI is for everyone. I know there's been a lot about AI. Um, I think it's a tool to be, you know, to help enhance. Um, it's not relegated to one team or another. It's about everyone understanding what it is and how it will help them. My caution there is weigh up the efficiency that it offers. Like, if you're going to have to figure out how to connect one, two, three tools to get X outcome, is it worth your time? I don't know. Um, Relate every role back to ROI. So this is something that I've tried to do, you know, throughout my team. I, you know, I had a designer in my team uh, at Bombora, and I tried to map back everything that she did back to our campaigns so she understood the value that they were delivering. And it's so that she knows that she's a part of that whole function. It's not just demand that's contributing to that. The other thing is, and, you know, excuse my French, but when the shit hits the fan, there is tangible data about what the contribution is and what the, the value of the role is from that perspective. My final thought is transparency matters. So I come from a legal, I, you know, I come from a legal background. Uh, whether it's strategy agreements, your bonuses, uh, make sure you have this clearly documented and shared because it really helps to keep things on track and if you pivot, everything pivots in business, that's fine, but then you can always go back to that and it helps avoid miscommunications. I think take the time to document things. It's really important. That's a learning that I've, I've had. Um, finally, some recommended resources. So as I mentioned, there's this uh, metrics that matter that Leslie has put together. She kindly shared it. I asked her for the, for, uh, the document. It really makes a lot of sense. And if you're really looking to be able to set up your metrics, then please go and have a look at it. I've put the link here and we'll share the deck. Um, the other part of it, so I, you know, earlier this year, I, I joined a uh, community called Pavilion. I did their CRO school and that's why I joined. 
I think it's really, really valuable for every marketer to do that. Um, to, it helps you understand like, okay, what's the role of the CRO? What metrics are they thinking about? And it, some of the conversations that happen are very insightful. I ha I'm a big advocate for, pavili for Pavilion as well. Being you know, on my own at Sati, it's kind of nice to have that community. Um, and you know, finally, if you need help, you know, I don't have all of the answers, but I can listen and I might be able to brainstorm and, and, and share some advice. So you can feel free to book a time with me through the app, um, but don't book it like 15 minutes after this meeting because sometimes I don't get the updates. Um, so cool, that, that's it. I'm, um, I'm Narosha. Uh, if you have questions, I'd love to hear them. <laughs>